The Holy Ghost has cleared the way. Was that not your prayer? And gave them quick speeds. And our Lord Bishop and his dear wife, Mbechinere, they are here. We thank God. It's been a long journey, but the Lord will satisfy your expectation in the name of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I have a humble servant of God. He doesn't require too much introduction. He doesn't desire it. He is a rugged missionary who has served in northern Nigeria for over 20 years of his church ministry, who has been the bishop of Mba Diocese for 13 years and is currently the bishop of Ideata Diocese. He is a man of the world, and we will drink of the measure of what God has deposited in him to be a blessing to us this weekend. By the grace of God and the enabling of the Holy Spirit, with all humility, may we kindly invite a brother, a father in the Lord, Right Reverend Henry Okeke, to please minister. Welcome, sir. Praise the Lord. Let me start by joining the prof to appreciate the choir. That's ministration. I thank God I didn't miss the the last part of it. Well, thank you so much for that. And to thank everyone for praying for us. We were held somewhere, um, uh, what we call uh, hold up and go slow. I don't know which one it was. But we thank God that um, the government was doing well to repair our roads. We thank God that we are finally here to be part of what God is doing in your midst and we're not just here to bring the words and speak to you but also to be a part of this wonderful community and to receive from the Lord it's um, it's a pleasure to be here we bring us greetings from the days of Idato and particularly from all the clergy of Idato and their wives and those of you who were there October last year will know why my wife and I are bringing a very special greetings from all the clergy and their wives and all those who benefited from your magnanimity, touching their lives, bringing health to ministers of the gospel, priests of God and their wives and all our evangelists who were part of that medical outreach. My diocese has asked me to bring a word of greetings, a word of thank you, a word of appreciation. May God bless all of you, particularly those of you who were there in October last year to minister to us and to make us look healthier than we were. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Shall we rise to pray, please? You are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh, hey, you are Yahweh, you are Yahweh. 
God this evening to speak to you as a person, as an individual who has come before him to receive from him. Say to him, Lord, speak to me. Speak to my person. Speak to my spirit, my soul, my body. Touch me. Address me. to give you the spirit of concentration there be no distraction around you that within the period the Lord will be speaking to us may we behold him in Jesus name we have prayed Holy Spirit of God, we depend on you this evening to receive the word of the Father, to have the Father address his children. Lord, give us obedient hearts this evening. May there be no rebellion in the house that as his word comes to us this evening, Give us the grace to be willing to obey you. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Please be seated. I want to sincerely thank the Lord for the privilege we have to be here this evening. To be part of what God is doing in your midst. And to thank in a very special way. His Grace, our Archbishop in Enugu Ecclesiastical Province here, the Most Reverend Dr. E. O. Chikuma, for the authority to stand before you to speak this evening. I need to appreciate my brother, Professor Sam Ike, and the organizers of this program for counting us worthy to be blessed this weekend. For us, it is bringing us here to be blessed this weekend. We don't take it for granted. We want to do our best to, to keep to your time. It is true that because of our hold-up and other things, some part of our time has been chopped off. And knowing the environment, also knowing that you are busy people, we want to do our best to identify with your programs uh, within the campus you are the light of the world shall we say it together now personalize it now I am the light of the world please turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 Matthew chapter 5 
I'll read from verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, from verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Addressing this topic in a congregation or community like yours can only be said to be relevant, apt, and timely. Relevant, apt, and timely. Timely in the sense that we're in a society, particularly in Nigeria, where so many things are decaying. And where they cry of the Nigerian citizens is God. Where are the people to lighten up our nation? Where are the men and the women to lighten up this society? A society that had been battered by darkness all over us, all around us. In every sector, every sector, I tell you, including the religious sector, everywhere is battered by darkness. Is it health sector? Is it education? Is it political? Name it. Economic. Battered by darkness. Engulfed, swallowed by darkness. We swim in darkness. We swim in darkness. All around us, everywhere you go to, darkness. And this is why we consider a theme like this, particularly in a community like yours, Talking about the light of the world being so relevant, so apt, so timely. But as I look at the three verses, 14, 15, and the 16, and particularly within the context of consideration, it's a very important context for kingdom builders. Anyone that desires to build God's kingdom or to be part of building God's own kingdom, the Sermon on the Mount is a wonderful passage. And that is the context in which our passage is lifted.
What Jesus did on the Sermon of Mount was an intentional teaching delivered in an elevated platform. In that chapter one, verse one, chapter five, verse one, we are told that when he saw the multitude, he went up to the mount. He went up to an elevated platform. And you'll be wondering, what is it that Jesus wanted to communicate from the mountain, from the mountain top? What was so dear to him? What was it that took him to the mount? Why did he have to do that? Number one, the place of the word of God. He had a word to deliver. He had a teaching to give to the people. He had something so important to bring to the people. He needed an elevated platform for the delivery. And he tried to teach us the place of the word of God in the church. Where we ought to place God's word. Where we ought to place teaching. Where we ought to place delivery of the mind of God. So it means that the word of God is everything to us that must be given attention to. God's words. Authentic words. Oh, we need it. We have so many things that are flying around us. We have so many false teachings. We have so many things that people claim is the correct word of God. We have so many that are being deceived. So many who are pursuing prophets and prophetesses, visioners, temple keepers, olive oil merchants, mountain stone merchants, holy water merchants, red candle and white candle and black candle merchants. But you cannot beat the authentic word of God. Enter inside the town, you find so many of them. Around you, you find so many of them. Get to your village, you find so many of them. Visioners, prophets, and prophetesses, people who say all manner of things without knowing what the context of the scripture says, without touching the context. We have so many who are being deceived today, deceived by their teachings, deceived by their prosperity, deceived by all manner of things, all manner of visions. You can't beat God's word. Authentic word. You can't beat it. Orthodox message that is coming from the throne of grace. Oh, you can't beat it. I want to encourage you. Anywhere you see the correct word of God coming from, grab it. Hold it firm. The reason is because if you are not with the correct authentic message of God, you will be deceived. So many are deceived and are being deceived. And this is why the correct word of God is exalted, is enthroned. The correct word of God is an eye-opener. The correct word of God is a firm foundation. It's a stone. 
correct word of God is a pathfinder. It shows you the way to follow the correct word of God. But when somebody submits himself under shafts, under things that will just make you feel good, just feel good, by the time you are deceived, you become a prey to false teachers. This is why so many of our young people are being deceived today. So many, so many young people are being deceived today. Because of what they want. The kind of success they want. The kind of prosperity they want. Because of their ambitions. Because of their aspirations. What they want. Some because of marriages. Some because of education. Some because of so many things. They fall into wrong hands. Seek the authentic word of God. Jesus did everything in the scripture to venerate, to elevate the authentic word of God. And he will warn against false teachers. He went to the mountain to say something that was so important to him. So important. Secondly, addressing a multitude, Jesus was concerned about each one of them. Don't forget the scripture says in chapter 5 verse 1, when he saw the multitude, oh, he went up to the mount. He wasn't intimidated at the multitude. He was still interested in the life of each and every one of them. God has never been intimidated by multitude. Even if there are 20 million in a field, he looks after each person. He's interested in each person. In fact, when you find yourself in the midst of multitude, let's say millions of people in a national convention or international convention, don't rely on the multitude. Just know that God is interested in your life. You are in the midst of thousands of people and the word of God is coming forth. Just know that God is addressing you. God is speaking to you. Even as he is speaking to you this evening, you are the one that God knows. He doesn't know about the multitude. He doesn't know about hundreds of you that are here. He is after you. He is after your life. He is after your future. He is after your success. He is after your personal relationship with him. Not the group relationship. Not the wider relationship. But your personal relationship with him. Personal. It was not about the multitude, but about each individual that was seated to listen to the word of God, even as it is with us tonight. It's not about all of you that are here, but it's about you as a person. What, what are you going with this evening? What is God up to concerning your life? What is God saying to you? Number three. Matters of eternity and principles of the kingdom require a good posture and concentration. Jesus wanted them to sit down and listen to him while he went to the top of the mountain to speak. Because he had matters of the kingdom, matters of eternity to address. So that as you read chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7 of the gospel of Matthew, 
you will just say principles of the kingdom matters of the kingdom life in the kingdom what it takes to be part of the kingdom a citizen of the kingdom a member of the kingdom everything that jesus had addressed you will see matters of the kingdom matters of eternity things that will lead you to eternity you hear Jesus talking about kingdom of god kingdom of god kingdom of god Today we underwrite salvation messages and discipleship works. When somebody comes and talk about how Jesus saved him, how he became born again, how he became a child of God. It is taken as a very small testimony. When somebody comes, but when somebody comes and talks about how he acquired this and acquired that, how he nearly died because of accident, you can you see an ovation. Ovation. But I tell you, for somebody to stand out to take microphone and talk about his past life, who he was, and how the Lord Jesus met him, how he was transformed, how she became a new person, how the life of darkness disappeared from his life, and how he found a new world, himself in a new world. Having new friends, having new attitude to things, to life. Having new attitude to friendship. Having new attitude to whatever we can call enjoyment in life. It's a very powerful testimony. Very powerful testimony. When we were celebrating the conversion of Paul a few weeks ago in our cathedral, I tried to give the testimony of a young man who attended a program and the preacher talked and preached and preached and this young man was touched. Everything about his life was revealed, was exposed. Young man was a ruffian. He had given a lot of trouble to the parents. But here he was that day in the midst of hundreds of people in the hall. God touched that young man. That's why I said before that it's not about multitude. But individuals, as the word of God comes like this, God targets individuals. Young man was touched. He was, he was feeling sorrowful for him, himself, for his sins. When the time came for altar call, he struggled, struggled to move. Incidentally, the parents were sitting behind him in the hall. He was struggling. Others were going out for altar call. He was struggling to move. At a point, he stood up. When he stood up, he took the first step, second step. As he was taking the steps, the parents stood up and they were following him. The parents had given their life to Christ. The parents were already believers. But right there, when the word of God was going on, the parents were busy praying, Oh God, touch our son. God, touch our son. And here was him. The word of God targeted him. As he was coming out for altar call, the parents in solidarity joined to escort him to the altar. While he was there weeping for his sins, the parents were behind him thanking the Lord. 
that was a U point. That was a turning point. From that evening, from that evening, everything about the life of the young man changed. A new testimony, a new behavior in the family, a new behavior in the place of work. From that point, from that point, that's the power of conversion. All the testimony that young man will have in the whole of his life, none will be greater and higher than that testimony. A transformation of life, a radical transformation of life. So that somebody can be in the church for so many years and the word of God targets him or targets her and he comes out becoming somebody new, entirely new. It's a matter of the kingdom. One of our big men in the church was not understood after serving, serving in the church for so many, so many, so many years. As an Anglican canon for so many, so many years. Until he attended a crusade organized by Michael Green. He had the word of God in a very radical manner. An Anglican clergy that has served in the church for so many, so many years. It was a time when before you were given a preferment of a canon or archdeacon or a bishop. Eh? You consider so many things about your status, about your age in the church, about so many things. For somebody to become a canon in the Anglican church at that time, at that time. This man had served so much in the church. But he never met the Lord Jesus personally. Until he attended that Michael Green crusade. And had the word of God. Had about salvation he had been preaching. Had about sin he's been talking about. Had about old life. And had about what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He said, no, no, this one is different. He went for altar call. Went for altar call. Thank God, members of his congregation were not there. Because I don't know whether he will go for altar call if members of his congregation were there. That crusade was outside the country. The pastor went for altar call, gave his life to Jesus. Came back home. His wife, the name of his wife was Lois. It's late now. He said, Lois, my dear, I am now a Christian. I said, what do you mean? What, what is this? Look, the type of joy oozing from the life of the man was beyond description. He said, Lois, now I know I am now a child of God. I've given my life to Christ. Something is happening in my life. Look, Lois thought he was joking. A clergyman saying he has given his life to Christ. How many years in the ministry? Doing baptism? Celebrating Holy Communion? Teaching others? Recommending people for pastoral ministry? 
that the man was uh, an adulterer or an idolater or a fighter. No. Was simply a religious person. Just like so many of us here. Religious person. But I never come in contact with the work at Calvary. There is something about contacting Calvary. Is beyond religion. Brothers and sisters, it's beyond religion. It's beyond singing in the choir. It's beyond operating from the altar here. It's beyond offices we hold in the church. It's beyond philanthropy, work of philanthropy in the church. It's, look, it's beyond memorizing things, cramming them and pouring them out. It's beyond those things. Because it is injection of life. Life was injected into that clergyman. Lois was in doubt. His children were in doubt. But look, they watched the man. His name then was Canon Godwin Ugokwe. They watched their father. Lois watched her husband and saw something entirely new. Relationship with her, relationship with the children, relationship with members of the church. Look, coming to the things we do from the altar as clergymen, the way and manner and life injected into the things the man was doing from the altar changed. Messages from the pulpit, from the pulpit changed. The message graduated from venerating money and activities of the church and so many things into new life in Christ. Every day, new life in Christ. The life that Jesus gives. The life that Jesus gives. He lifted the thing from the family, his own family, into his colleagues. Clergy association of the diocese. He became a lone voice. In some quarters, he became a lone voice. New life, it has no respect for our religious status. It has no respect for age, age in churchianity, if you like. It has no respect. It has no respect for all the uniforms we wear. It has no respect for all the jamborees we do in the church. No, 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 no. New life is new life. Salvation is salvation. You are saved, you are saved. You are not saved, you are not saved. No amount of religious ritual purchases salvation. No. No. That's what Peter told them in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. He said to them, No, salvation, salvation, salvation you see. It is not coming from any man. It is not coming from any religious sect. It's only found in the Lord Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any. For there is no name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Why am I dwelling on this point? Because we are religious people. We have so much, so much religion around us. So much. 
But I tell you, a single person that has been touched by the Lord, that finds himself or herself back to the family where there is thick darkness. I mean thick darkness. Shines. Amen? Amen? He shines. She shines. A single one that has contacted salvation, contacted the lights. Oh, shines in the classroom. Shines among his departmental colleagues. Shines among his cosmetics. Because it's a kind of light that can never, never be hidden. We'll talk more about that. I'm only trying to establish some background this evening. And tomorrow, we're going to deal with it properly. But it's important that we know that the context is a very, very powerful and important context. Where we are taking, we have taken the, the, the verses from. Don't forget what I said. The context is someone on the Mount, chapters 5 to 7. As I looked at what Jesus, what it took him to go to the mountain to discuss, I said, no wonder. These are important, important matters. Very, very powerful matters. Look at that chapter 5, verse 3. Please look at chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is, is a kingdom of God. I want you to read that place together. Matthew verse 3. Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. If your Bible is there please open it. Shall we read it together? One to go. Thank you. Blessed are the poor in spirit for this is the kingdom of God. Like I said before, if, if you follow the someone on the mount, the message from the mountain, you'll be hearing kingdom, 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 kingdom. At the beginning is blessed. If you are poor in spirit, you are blessed. If you discover your spiritual poverty and you are able on your own to do away with arrogance, arrogance. He said the kingdom belongs to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For those who be willing to cast aside all self-dependence. There are so many people who depend on themselves. They are able to do this. They can do this. They are religious people. After all, they do this and do that in the church. They were baptized in the church. They were confirmed in the church. They speak in tongues in the church. They give arms to the people. They assist the needy. They do this and they do that. And you see them in the arrogance, bragging over the things they have done. Unfortunately, without salvation. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Look at verse 10. Chapter 7, chapter 5. Verse 10. We shall read it together again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Shall we read it together now? Verse 11. And verse 12. 
will somebody be persecuted for righteousness sake? Instead of desiring the person that your classmate or your roommate or your friend or your husband or your wife or even your own child has come back with a new life desiring to live a righteous life. Why will your colleague in the school be annoyed? Why does somebody suffer persecution for righteousness sake? The answer is because of the battle between light and darkness. Light and darkness. Why will somebody be rejected for saying the truth? For living in righteousness? For not speaking lies? Why will somebody be rejected for refusing the old friends is the moving about with? Why will somebody be castigated for refusing to live a corrupt, corrupt life? Oh, why will students speak against a lecturer, Mr. Merit? No, lecturers will call Mr. Merit. First of all, they will tell you, students, better study harder. My name is Mr. Merit. It's according to your merit. You are awarded marks according to your hard work. Some students don't like that. The person will suffer. Some lecturers in some high institutions suffer a lot of persecutions. So much because of their position and standard for righteousness, standard for merit. They prefer those other ones that can be sorted out. They can prefer those other ones that they can just uh, uh, they, they can just swing off. Why will somebody persecuted for righteousness sake? The battle between light and darkness. But God expects us to be children of light. Children of light. In spite of persecution. Why are Christians in Nigeria suffering persecutions? Why are churches being burnt? Why are people being destroyed? Why is the church in Nigeria going through what we are going through now in this country? The battle between light and darkness. Or it will never cease until Jesus comes. Why are some people worshipping under bridges outside the nation? Why are people being slaughtered? Why are Christians being chased? Why are churches being closed down? The battle between light and darkness. Darkness, darkness will never appreciate light anywhere in the world. Darkness will never. If you have friends that you're moving about with maybe fornication or adultery or theft, exam practice or all manner of things and suddenly you come out and say, I have the light. I have seen the light. I now know Jesus. I'm now a child of God. Don't expect to be clapped for. Don't expect to be clapped for. You'll be mocked first and mimicked and then trampled underfoot. They will do yeah with you first. Particularly in a society of arrogance, society of corruption. You come on, you'll tell your old boyfriends. 
He said, now I am a child of God. Please, away with all those things we have done before. You send all kinds of text messages and the rest of them said, please, I am no longer interested. They said, when did this one begin? Tell them it has begun now. You will be mocked. We will speak evil against you. We sell a matter of things against you. People write false receipts and false receipts and false letters and false recommendations. And when it comes to your table, the thing stops. He said, no, 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 no. I am different. I am a child of God. I can't do it the way other tables have done it. Expect some bullets. Expect some troubles. Oh, they will fire you. They will say so many things against you. They say, you want to show us that you are righteous? You are the only angel here? And all of us are Satan? Is it what you mean? That's not what you mean. But there's always be a battle between light and darkness. It's a principle of the kingdom. It's a very serious matter Jesus was addressing in someone on the mount. He said, blessed are you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, blessed are you. Oh, they are speaking ill of you because of righteousness. He said, madam, you are blessed. So you can no longer move about with them and the things you used to do before. And because of that, they are persecuting you. He said, you are blessed. Before you used to wear all kinds of things and move about, even inside the church. But now that you have become a new person, you want to dress modestly. You want to... You want to Dress in such a way that God will be pleased. Oh, they will attack you. All those old friends of yours. They will call you all kinds of names. But Jesus said here, you are blessed. I think that's the kind of blessing we need to receive. And if you are a preacher of righteousness, the one that preaches the gospel, the one that has the truth, has a word to deliver. Eh, others may not be too pleased with every day you are talking about holiness and righteousness, every talking about discipleship, talking about the kingdom of God. Tell us what our itching ears want to hear. There's something we want to hear. Tell us to dress anyhow. Tell us to sing anyhow. Tell us to bring any music anyhow. Tell us to do things anyhow. After all, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a generation of liberty. That's the kind of thing they want. He said, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Even your children in the house, in the home. That's the way you drag your children, pull your children, take your children too much, they get annoyed with you. Because they want liberty. It's the kind of liberty they want. Every day you are checking them. You are checking their bag. They are watching. You want to check even what they are watching. Every day, they, every day you are coming to ask them, bring your phone. Let me see what you are watching in your phone. What you have saved in your phone. Uh, children, they don't like it. Well, let me do what some children, let me qualify it. Some children, they don't like it. Oh, they may persecute you. Your own children can persecute you. But that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, blessed, blessed are you. Blessed are you when you are reviled. Blessed are you when they talk ill against you. Blessed are you when you are not doing the same thing they used to do. Oh, blessed. 
Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Brothers and sisters, that's why our society is decaying. That's why our nation is decaying. Because so many people in various positions wouldn't want to stand upright. They don't want anybody to call their names. They don't want their colleagues in the contract world or contract business to call their names. They don't want to lose all those millions of naira coming the other way. Some businessmen wouldn't want that kind of change. They don't want it. Some lecturers, they don't want it. They don't want it. They say, please, uh, carry this, your, 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 your Jesus something. Go away here. This is Nigeria. This is Niger. This is Niger. Because if you have not called Nigeria Niger, they didn't know the sweet term at all. Nigeria likes to be called Niger. They say, this is Niger. Are you not in Niger? And you're living your life this way? Are you going to go hungry? Are you going to go this? Ah, you're a girl. Do you want to marry? So, this kind of life you're living as a girl. Do you want to marry? No, 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 no. You must, you must be, you must be Libra. You must have to go for boys. Boys must have to come for you. Otherwise, you can't get as if they are the ones who tied marriage somewhere. Don't be deceived, girls. Don't be deceived. You are blessed when you are revived. You are blessed when you are persecuted. You are blessed when they mock you for your stand for God. That you are standing for God in righteousness. And you are being persecuted. You are being mocked. Oh, you are blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's another kingdom principle. Verse 23 and 24. Please open to that place. Don't forget, we are still talking about the context. I'm just lifting a few things from that context. Shall we read verses 23 and 24 together? One to go. No, not all of us have found it. Wait, 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 wait. Matthew chapter 5, 23 and 24. Shall we read now? It's a very hard kingdom principle. Very hard. That's why I said that when Jesus was talking about this, he said, no, 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 let me go to the mount. Let me go and stand somewhere so I can say it louder and louder. The summary of that verses 23 and 24 is do not keep malice. From your own point, do not keep malice. You discover that somebody has something against you. You have offended somebody. Somebody is not happy with you. Oh, don't dance too much to the altar to give offering. He said, go back and reconcile first. Don't keep malice. Forgive. Don't even sing in the choir. Don't even make noise. Don't lift any hand up. In worship, oh, reconcile first. Don't touch the microphone to speak. 
or to sing. Can you see that? Even the money we venerate, we exalt, we love, we raise, we go for. Jesus who said, keep the money first. I know money is very important in our church. Money is very important in mission. Money is very important in doing this and doing that. But can you see how Jesus Christ preferred reconciliation, good relationship, living as brothers and sisters to the donations we make in the church, the monies we bring in the church. Is there somebody here who is carrying something, carrying, carrying a heavy load against somebody? Could be your wife, could be your husband, could be your child, could be your friend, could be your neighbor, could even be your enemy. Is there anybody here that is carrying such a load? Let me put it this way. Is there anybody here that is in prison? Better lose yourself. Unforgiveness is imprisonment. It's imprisonment. I don't know the person that God is talking to this night. But it's a very serious matter before the Lord. You know, we come to church, we are good clothes, we give offering, we dance, we sing, we preach, we talk, we do so many things, and we still go back and carry malice. We still go back and fight. We still go back and engage in quarrels. Jesus said, stop all those things you are doing. Go back and reconcile first. Go and reconcile. Do not carry malice. Verse 43. Read verse 43. This one is a very serious matter. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Are you there now? Are you there? Please, let's, let's read together. I want to go. Forty-four. Not all of, of us are reading. I want to hear. I want to hear it. Verse forty-four again. One, two, go. a very serious one. He said, you have heard it was said to the men of old. Love your friends and hate your enemies. But I introduce a new law to you. It's a law of the kingdom. The principle of the kingdom. The gateway into the kingdom. He said, love your enemies. He said, love your enemies. Choir members, love your enemies. Mothers in the church, love your enemies. Pastors, love your enemies. Men, love your enemies. It's a hard saying, isn't it? It's a very hard saying. That's why Jesus took his time. He went to the mount to speak to the people. He said, love your enemies. Give water to him that is thirsty. Even if it's your enemy. Give him water. Give food to the one that is hungry. Even if it's your enemy. Oh, give him food. Let him eat. Love 
your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't want you. If you have known a particular cause more than him or more than her, help. He may not like you, but help. He doesn't have, but you have. But there is a great majority created between you and him or her. Help. Jump that margin and help. Kingdom principle, kingdom lifestyle. Jesus took his time to teach this kingdom lifestyle because the thing is disappearing from the church if it was there before. There is so much hatred around us. There is so much enmity around us because of the things we are seeing, because of disappointments in life, because of failures in life, because of witchcraft and witch hunting, because of so much happening around us. Some people have made up their mind they will never, never be good again. They prefer to be in enmity. Some have been disappointed. Some have been ridiculed. Some have been accused. Some have been robbed. And so they have taken their position. He said, me, I will never, I will never again. Jesus is saying something different. Love your enemies. He said, if you do good to those who love you, what credit is that to you? Sinners do the same thing. Muslims do the same thing. Pagans do the same thing. He said, because you are children of the kingdom. The same kingdom I'm talking about. You are children of the kingdom. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Chapter 6, very quickly. Chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 14 and 15. I hope you are following me. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Shall we read together? I want to go. Good. It says here, very serious. For if you forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, neither will your Father forgive you. Don't forget, that was after he has taught us the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. I am saying hard things this night. I don't know why. I thought I'd be coming here to talk about how to shine. I don't know why the Lord is going this way this first night. Maybe somebody is being healed. Or somebody somewhere is going to receive healing. Through you, the light. Forgive. Do you have somebody you have a lot of things against? The instruction is forgive. Has your spouse wounded you? Have your children wounded you? Has somebody somewhere wounded you? The Bible is saying forgive. He 
Is there any girl here that has been disappointed? Somebody wanted to marry you. Later on, they didn't marry you again. And he has married somebody else. And you are left. After all the promises. After all the hope. After all that, that you rejected because of him. Even you. Even you. Jesus is saying, forgive. Better, they come. Even you. I say even you. You know, in the world, that girl will say, okay, marry him now. Go, go, go and marry now. Let me see. And she will go and begin to do juju. She begin to fight that boy. Begin to fight that girl. Maybe to tie the womb. Maybe to tie the man. Maybe to frustrate the marriage. And to do other things. But when Jesus is teaching, <laughs> by the kingdom principle, he said, forgive. Forgive. That may not be your husband. Yours is coming. Just forgive. Somebody may have robbed you. Somebody have done something, done something that wounded you so much. And you made up your mind that you must retaliate. And you are finding a way to retaliate. You are involving others to retaliate. Jesus said, no, don't. Don't retaliate. Leave vengeance for me. That's what it says in Romans chapter 12. Leave vengeance for me. Because you can't, you don't know who your enemies are. None of us, none of us here know. None, none of us here knows. None. Sometimes we think we know our enemies, all of them. Now lie, we don't know. We think it's all those who squeeze their faces, who shout and talk against us that are our enemies. We make a lot of mistakes because we are just human beings. Don't that most of our enemies are those who even laugh and flatter us and dance around us and praise us and lift our hands and say you are the best angel in the world and all those things. His enemies are in the midst of those people. But because we are human beings, sometimes we do not know. Has somebody offended you? Has somebody touched you, touched you to your marrows? And you are feeling so bad. In the hard teaching of Jesus. He said, even that person, forgive him. Forgive her. Your colleague in the office. Your friend in the class, the department. Your colleague in business. He said, forgive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are approaching the end now. The same chapter 6, verse 24. Look at verse 24. Chapter 6, verse 24. I'm just speaking. If you just, this is random live, uh, reading. Shall we read 24 together? One to go. Hmm. No one can serve two masters. No one. And serve two masters. That's what Jesus said. You must choose one to serve. Today people want to serve two masters. He said, no, you can't serve the devil and serve God. It's not possible. You can't serve God and mammon. It's not possible. Mammon here represents money or wealth or whatever it is. No, 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 no. You can only serve one master. If you are a child of the kingdom, you are only permitted to serve 
just one master. You will hate the one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. For you cannot serve God and Mammon. You cannot serve God and Satan. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. Which means that money is a spirit. Money can be worshipped. For the sake of money, people kill. Why are we in trouble today in Nigeria? It is worship of money. That all these young boys, when they kidnap somebody, they can get three, three million naira, ten million naira, a million naira. The man we buried today, before we started coming here, the man was rich, very, very rich. They kidnapped his first son. When they kidnapped his first son, because the man was rich, they said bring 50 million. They knew the man would bring the money. But as a first son, that first son was the engine of the business. They waited and waited. They were pleading and negotiating. Please take 3 million now. Please take 5 million now. Please take 6 million now. Can you imagine why they are pleading? This is for to take 6 million and 7 million. They say people are not serious. He said, please, you can only gather 7 million naira. Okay, say, okay, bring, bring the 7 million. Before they brought the 7 million, they had killed the son. But they collect, make sure they collected their 7 million naira. And said, go and take your son there. When they got there, it was the corpse of the boy they saw. They collected their 7 million naira and zoomed off. Some will go for just 1 million naira. Some will go for just 500,000 naira. Just that money, they take life. Worship of money, and because they have seen that it's a business that is ah, the thing is moving, then it's moving. You just catch somebody somewhere, and the relatives begin to run around at the end, millions will drop into your pocket. Senselessness. That's so why we plead with our young people please don't be part of it. Most of them are those who have been baptized, baptized, and baptized. Those who sing songs with us. You heard it at when they went to uh, Owere prison. That jailbreak that happened last year. On Easter day exactly. Before they committed the havoc. They first of all sang Alleluia Chorus. When they finished Alleluia Chorus. They jumped into the prison. And said to all the prisoners. Jesus has set you free. Oh yeah, come out, all of you. On Easter day. That jailbreak happened on Easter day. It's only youths who attend church with us that can sing Hallelujah Chorus. No be so. It's only youths now. If you don't know Hallelujah Chorus on the choir, where will you know it? They sang it well. When they now finished, they, they bombarded the prison. We prayed with our young people. Don't join them. Don't join them. Don't serve two masters. Your life is so precious to God. Every young man's life. Every young girl's life. Your life is so precious to God. You have so much to do for God's kingdom. Apart from your parents and your siblings. Oh my God. There is so much you can do for the Lord. So much. There is so much you can do for the Lord. When God touches a young man, 
a young lady and refines him and transforms him. There is so much in line that that young man can do. Both for the society and for the parents and for the church and for those around him. Oh, there is so much. There is so much. There is so much life to save. There is so much people to assist. There is so much message of the kingdom to propagate. There is so much. For instance, why we have our young people in the choir, in the music stand, those who are doing different things for the Lord. Oh, some other young people in their own world have laid ambush for some travelers tonight. That's their own world. That's what they choose to do. So, life is a choice. Choose life. Choose to live well. Choose to please your parents. Choose to be a source of joy to your parents. Source of joy to the church. Source of joy to the society. Don't serve two masters. Serve only one master. Make up your mind for one master that it is the Lord Jesus you want to serve. Amen. Finally on chapter 6, verse 33. Verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I'm deliberately taking us through these scriptures of the kingdom principle. Matthew 6, 33. Are we ready to read now? Alright, let us read. Let's read together. Wow. But seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. All other things, those things we seek for, those things we worry about, those things of which we kill, we castigate, we accuse, we abandon lectures and abandon the, our career, abandon so many things. So they will be added unto you. Just seek for the kingdom. Don't allow anybody to deceive you that when you are born again, you cannot be this. You know, when we got converted newly in the 80s, one of the things we were bombarded with, they said, are you going to become any human being again? You are choosing to be born again? Ha! No more, your own is, you are written off. Your own is gone. They will go to our parents then and tell our parents, we learned that your son has now joined those people who, who said they are born again. Hey, uh, in fact, as if there will be, there will be a funeral, funeral ceremony. They will pity our parents then and pity our parents and pity our parents. They will say, so you mean you have joined these people? So you mean now you no longer be chasing girls or chasing boys? Doing this or doing that, so you mean you you will now be off the world? They be sympathizing with you. You know that time is gone. Ah, but they see so all of us young people at that time into different fields, into different fields, still holding the faith. Into different fields. Some have become engineers, some have become medical doctors, some have become this. This person we are called into the ministry, became pastors and then bishops and so on and so forth. Hi, 
Now some of them will say, ah, we didn't know. We thought that when somebody becomes born again, it becomes useless. We thought it's only the Bible they know how to read. We thought it's only this born again, born again, born again thing they know how to do. We don't know they can become this for the society. They can become this for the society and so on and so forth. At that time, somebody like Ezekiel, engineer Ezekiel Izuogo, you know, who was, who was an ardent believer of the scripture, an engineer who manufactured a local vehicle. Hi! They looked at engineer Ezekiel Izuogo with scripture union, with his born again thing, being an engineer of class, class, international standard. They confessing Jesus. And so many others like that. Being born again. Some of you know Dr. Benemay of uh, a university hospital, Ibad uh, at that time. You know, people like him. He said he was so radical, radical about it. You know. New life. Seeking first the kingdom. He said, every other thing shall be added unto you. All those things we've gone for, all those things for which we have abandoned faith, abandoned the, the church, abandoned a, a, a proper friendship. He said, those things will be added unto us. There are some who have pursued those other things of life. They have lost zero here, zero here. Seek first God's kingdom. You will have nothing to lose. Finally, chapter 7. We're going to read only verses 21 to 23 in chapter 7. And then we close. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Are we there now? Alright. Please, I want you to join in this reading. I'm enjoying this corporate reading. Verses 21 to 23. Shall we read? One, two, go. you have in this world now this one be the last no reverse 
in Igbo pidgin we say no mentality this is the last surprise every other surprise you will meet in life may have a remedy shock here surprise here disappointment here you may have a remedy but this is the last surprise without remedy when we shall appear before the Lord, say, Lord, we sang in the choir in your name. We preached in your name. We gave money in the church, in the chapel. Oh Lord, we were part of the leaders. I was a member of the mother's union. I was a member of this, a member of that. Just we say, I, I didn't know you. I didn't know you were there. I know your name would have been in your church register, but not in my own register. Oh, that's the last surprise. It's a very serious warning against self-deception. Self, you know, self can be dangerous. Yourself can be assuring you that, oh, no, 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 go ahead. As long as you are doing something in the church, as long as your name is in the church now, they know you as one of the leaders in the chapel. But I'm telling you, only you know the things you do in the secrets. Which the leader of the chapel does not know. <laughs> the vicar in the chapel does not know. Only you know your movements which your wife or your husband doesn't know. Only you know the things you do which your parents do not know. But there are so many other wonderful things you do in the church. Or even outside of the church. That's why the person will have self-confidence to be before the Lord that day and say, ah, God, I sang now. I played on the strings. I I did the I, I, I struck the keyboard. I did the drumming. I, I was a good singer. Was I not the one who built the church single-handedly, Lord? Why have you why have you not noticed me? He said, I, I didn't notice you. I never knew you. I never. The reason is because though you walk. But you swim in iniquity. Lordship on the lips, disobedient in the heart. My Lord, my Lord, Jesus, Jesus. Number of people that call Jesus Lord today and shout on God, 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 God today uh, is in millions. But disobedience, they are at heart. This evening we'll be asking the Lord to unmask us. Unmask us. This is what God is asking me to tell you this evening. Tomorrow we'll look, look, look at how we shine. Why God has said to us, you are the light of the world. That's Matthew 5, 14. And in John 8, 12, the same Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Oh, he just is saying, he is the light of the world. And he's saying that you and I are the light of the world. Is he contradicting? No. We shall see that tomorrow. But for this night, the Lord wants us to unmask. Remove the thing waiting for your face. 
Allow Jesus into your heart. Be simple. Be open before the Lord. There is nothing hidden before him. I have talked about an Anglican senior clergyman that gave his life to the Lord Jesus and become a transformed priest. So we can have a transformed priest. We can also have a transformed bishop or archbishop or pope. We can have a transformed church leader, member of the chapel committee, member. You can have a transformed member of the chapel committee. You can have a transformed girl, a transformed student, a transformed boy, a transformed husband. Brothers, when you meet a transformed husband, home becomes sweet and sweeter. If you jam a transformed husband, a man who will be living his life anyhow, managing the family anyhow, dealing with the wife or children anyhow, keeping extramarital relationships anyhow, and he hits Calvary and becomes transformed, becoming a child of God, the home becomes sweeter. The wife ceases to be in prison. The wife begins marriage afresh. The children assume a new position in the family. The man receives fresh revelation on how to lead family. How to lead the family. A transformed husband. Meet a transformed wife. Home becomes a paradise. Because she is a key holder of the family. She is a home builder. She is a homekeeper. She is a homemaker. Meet a transformed wife in a family. Oh my God. The Lord is asking us this night to unmask. Remove that in your face. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Make up your mind to be more committed to him. To be more committed to him. To seek First, the kingdom. To go for the kingdom principles. To say, Lord, here, I want to be a child of the kingdom. Committed to the kingdom business. Committed to kingdom matters. I want to lift kingdom matters above every other matter around me. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I put you in front of my life. Be all the thing that matters. Be everything that matters in my life. This is what I want you to be. Shall we rise to pray? While you're rising, reflect on what the Lord has said to us this evening. There is so much God is going to do in this meeting. There is so much needs God is going to meet. We, we really prayed for this, this meeting today, tomorrow, and Sunday morning. Including different needs, different kinds of needs. When the time comes, I will let you know. But for this evening, this first night, God is saying something to us. Make up your mind. Just make up your mind for the Lord. Make up your mind to live for Him. Make up your mind to serve Him. 
Make up your mind for his kingdom business. Surrender to him. Personally, surrender to him. I say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Come into my life. I surrender to you. From this day forward. From this day forward. From this day forward, Lord. I submit to you. I want to serve you. Show me mercy. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Change me. I want a radical transformation. I want a radical transformation in my life. I did mine on 18th November 1983. Radical transformation. Transformation. Before I gave my life to Jesus... When the choir, when the youth fellowship, we were in brigade, we were doing so many things in the church until I met Jesus. Until I met Jesus. Before I joined the ministry. The testimony is with me. This evening, God has sent me here this evening to partner with you, to pray with you. Somebody partnered with me, somebody prayed with me, somebody helped me. In fact, when I thought I was doing it right, God provided somebody who prayed with me and followed me, followed me and partnered with me for me to stand. I am here this evening to pray with you. If I hear this evening and you think I can pray with you, you are saying, Lord Jesus, take over my life. Take over my life. I want to pursue issues about your kingdom. I want a radical change in my life. A correct transformation in my life. Please change me. Lord, please change me. It doesn't mean you are the worst sinner. But there is a level of relationship you want with the Lord. If you want me to pray with you, I would like you to please come forward. I desire to pray with you. I desire to pray with you. Is there anyone? Or you desire to pray where you are? where you are is still allowed but in the course of the program if there are issues you think we can talk about will be available for you just where you are please thank you thank you just where you are, I would like you to say this prayer with me it's a very important prayer very very important prayer 
prayed from the depth of your heart. Lord Jesus, I come to you this evening and I surrender to you. I confess my sins. I repent of them. I submit to your Lordship. I submit to your power. Come into my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Transform me. Change me entirely. Make me a new person. May my life never be the same again. I make up my mind to serve you. I renounce the devil and all his works. I reject every relationship that is not of you. I submit to a relationship with you. I say no to the devil. I say bye bye to all his deceits. I unmask myself tonight as I commit myself to Jesus. I promise to live by for him by his grace. I denounce every covenant. I break every covenant. And I receive a new covenant in the Lord. Lord, thank you for touching me. And thank you for saving me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for renewing me. Thank you for working in my life. Thank you for working in my home. And for working in my office. Working in my entire life. Lord, may others see that difference. May my colleagues see that difference. May my friends see the difference. May my family members see the difference. In your mighty name I have prayed. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. And last prayer is a general prayer for all of us. I want you to make a commitment to the Lord. I want you to lift your right hand up to say, Lord Jesus, touch my life. I want you to make this prayer for yourself. Lord, I make a commitment unto you this night to serve you, to serve you to the end. To serve you to the end, to be committed to issues of your kingdom. Help me to deal with distractions around me. Distractions in my studies, distractions in my work, distractions in the home, distractions in my place of business, distractions in the things that I am doing. Lord, help me to seek your kingdom first and your righteousness. Make this prayer for yourself. The days are evil. Brothers and sisters, the days are evil. Let's ask the Lord to hold us firm. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We know you have spoken to someone, that woman that you loved, that man that you loved, that child that you loved. 
For it is not your will that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance and receive eternal life. Thank you for bringing the message to us tonight. Thank you for as many as you are working in already. Thank you for the new life. Thank you for the new decision. Thank you for preparing us to shine as light in a world of darkness. Thank you for the foundation you have laid. Blessed be your name. May we go home rejoicing. May we tonight receive a fresh revelation of you. Fresh revelation. Come to us mightily, powerfully. Speak to us. Speak to every part of our system. We ask, oh God, as we surrender everything to you totally tonight, may your angels visit us in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you.